0: So, this is KZYX's Mind Body Health program. My name is Casey Johnston, a local pediatrician uh, here in Mendocino and Lake Counties. And this is a pre recorded show today. So, today we are fortunate to have on the show Dr. Matthew Swain. He's a family medicine physician and relative newcomer to the area. And he's also the chief medical officer at Mendocino Community Health Clinics. So, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: And thanks for inviting me.
0: And I'll give a little brief introduction, but then I'll let you kind of share your own journey here. Um, All right, so uh, before coming here, Dr. Swain most recently practiced medicine in Homer, Alaska for a couple years, I believe. And before that served as chief of primary care for Alaska's VA system. And he's also himself a veteran of both the Navy and Marines. Mm So can you let us know how you ended up here? <laughs>
1: uh, well, uh, I loved Alaska. My family loved Alaska. Five years was probably enough of that winter. And uh, and um, we had an opportunity to, to come down to, uh, I hate to say this, but beautiful, sunny Ukiah, although we haven't been sunny lately. Um, uh, and I, I was looking for a place that I could take care of those who really, who really need it. Um, and, and the place that would feel comfortable. I don't, I'm not a big city person. I get lost in a big city. Uh, although Ukiah seems like bright lights, big city to me, we came from a town of 6,000, but, um, but it just seemed like a good, warm, friendly, welcoming fit. Um, uh, for, for me, the, the real selling point was all the, all the, the doctors and nurses and PAs and, and so forth that Mendocino community just seem like true believers. Um and they they really want to do the right thing and I was like, I can work with that. So that's that's why I'm here. Um,
0: yeah that was part of the draw for my husband and my myself too like we came six years ago. Um we're from the Santa Cruz area. So not, not as far from than Alaska or <laughs> other parts you've lived. in, um, but yeah, there's, there's such a culture of, of, uh, serving others here. I mean, we even have a book written about by Jen D Kersey about the medical history of this Valley and this County, which I don't know of many other places that have, have that. Um, so yeah, it is, it is a, a special, a special place. <laughs> so where else? Al- so you were in Alaska, but um, some other places, right? Like the East Coast. I've done. And-
1: uh, yeah, I, I let's see here. Most recently, I, I, I worked in a hospital and then a rural family medicine clinic uh, in in tiny town in Alaska called Homer. Um, before that, um, I was a family medicine doctor for the VA. Um, before that, I spent a lot of years taking care of Marines. Uh, the um, I was in the Navy, but the Navy provides all the medical care for the Marines who are actually part of the Navy. Don't tell them that; they don't like to hear it. Um, but I uh, loved that job. But I had two teenage daughters, and it was time to get them out of a town full of Marines. Uh, you know, I love my Marines, but I wasn't ready to bring one home full time yet. So, um, so yeah, we've had a, a wealth of experiences, but. The, the the thing that ties them all together is working in small communities, tending towards rural, living and working with the people we're taking care of. Uh, you know, it just changes things when you know the person you're taking care of in the hospital. You're gonna, you might be in the grocery store line with their with their husband the next day. Hmm. You, you know, you, you know, you are visible and accountable for caring. And that's one of the things that is, you know, that some people don't like about rural medicine.
0: But I, I think it keeps you real. It keeps it real. It keeps you honest. I totally agree. Um, Yeah, especially you're raising families in the place that you're working to. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I go to my kids' schools, I see my patients, and Mm -hmm. I see. I mean, it gives me more information too. Honestly. Um seeing my patients in the community, knowing where they're growing up, uh, knowing about the schools they're going to, the school lunches they're eating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, it gives me more information. But then yeah, you 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 do feel more, you know, accountable and it and I see it as a very good thing. Mm-hmm. But um I have met people through training that maybe don't have a similar like they are looking for the opposite <laughs> to keep things very separate. So yeah,
2: but you
1: know, I think we have such a a good crew of, um, of professionals. I mean, right from the right from the front desk people all the way up through you know the doctors. Um, you know, people people are here because they want to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they could go elsewhere. They could go to Santa Rosa and make more money. They could, you know, but they want to be part of here, and I think that really that changes the flavor. Mm-hmm. And people, yeah, people want uh,
0: uh, medical care available for their families, for their friends, for their community. So, um, yeah, I found that at Mendocino Community Health Clinics. And, you know, my husband works at other in other groups, too. Like people um, are very invested in quality health care.
1: And this is and it's I mean, this is the conversation everywhere these days is, you know, we're going to be 20 to 60,000 physicians short in the near future. Um, you know, primary care, of course, um, being the biggest hit, um, and, and it's always harder in, away from the big city centers. Um, and so what do we do about that? And, you know, it's one of the things I was hoping to talk a little bit about today is, um, is what we are doing as a community about that. Um, uh, Mendocino Community Health Centers, um, is, is partnering with, uh, Adventist Health, Ukiah Valley, um, and uh, diverse folks in the community, uh, there's some people with deep roots here, to, to try to look at what can we do to make it clear that this is a good place to come and to raise a family and to have a career. Um, uh, and we're, we're calling that the uh, the incubate program, uh, like just like you'd incubate eggs. Um, Except what we're trying to do is 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 get doctors to come here and feel like they can make a home uh, and that they want to stay. Um, and part of that has been, you know, working to improve things for residents, which are doctors in training at the hospital, especially family medicine residents. Um, uh, you know, but that also extends, of course, to nurses and everybody else that you got to have. Uh-huh. And, and you know, a lot of it is. You know, right now across the nation, turnover in medical jobs is at an all-time high of thirty to forty percent. Thirty to forty percent of you know doctors and nurse practitioners and PAs and whatnot are are leaving their jobs, yeah. looking for something else. What are they looking for? Mm. They're looking for a place they can belong, they can feel safe, they can spend time with patients. Mm. They can, you know, they they're looking. They, People didn't get into this work to mass produce widgets. They got in to have relationships and to, and, to, and to care for people. And unfortunately, just the way the stresses of COVID and the stresses of, you know, our, uh, our inadequate medical system um, have really put a lot of strain, a lot of burden on people. You know, every, every day is more or
2: less. And the
0: the culture of medicine has changed a lot too. you know, talking to I've spoken with pediatricians who are now retired, but who practiced here in more of a private practice setting um, or in other communities. I've talked to, you know, retired physicians as well. And there's just been such a massive change in the culture of medicine, Um, you know, from. Career doctors in the same practice, same community for their, you know. 30, 40 years taking care of families and their children. And, and that's not viable that, that, you know, in today's practice, you know, put up a shingle (laughs) and practice like that. And, but to practice in a bigger system, there's a loss of control and autonomy too, like over how you practice medicine. And then the whole layer of insurance companies (laughs) <laughs> Which, as a clinic doctor, it's just yeah, frustrating being told how to care for someone by an insurance company. So the whole way medicine is practiced um, has changed <laughs> and it's becoming more frustrating. Absolutely, I think I think it's led to a disconnect.
1: I think um, I think and and in, in more recent generations, I mean, it was. For example, the way that I practiced in Homer, Alaska, uh, partly due to the pandemic and, and you know the desperation of it, um, you know, I, I the most I ever worked in in a month was almost 400 hours. It was more typically around you know two to three hundred hours a month, which is a lot more than most people would like to work. It's sustainable over a few years, right? I mean, you just eventually, no matter how much you love it, you're going to be exhausted. You know, you. You'd like to still be, you know, married to the same person, and your kids know what you look like, and you know, and that that model of the doctor is twenty four seven. It really isn't sustainable for families, mm-hmm. um, and, and especially with with the modern pressures,
2: um,
1: you know. But but the the good news is, I think where we're going in medicine is something called value based care, uh, which is where instead of
2: the people who pay for medicine paying for the number of people you can see in a given amount of time, which,
1: you know, that's fine if you're making widgets on a factory line, but that's, people don't want to be treated that way, and and, and doctors and nurse practitioners and PAs didn't get in the profession to see as many people as they possibly could see during a the day. They, they yeah. got into to care about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and where we're going is if you can if you can get to a place where we pay for outcomes that show healthier people instead of pay for the number of people you can see in a day, you have more time to s spend with individuals and you get better control of their diabetes, better control of their blood pressure, you catch more cancers before they're a threat you know, you're able to have those meaningful relationships and pick up on subtle signs of depression, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's going, it's better. It's better with better relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and we are, we are proactively moving that direction uh, as our, as are the governments of California notably um, mm-hmm. as are the insurance companies because they see that this is going to, this is a better place to be.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: un- unfortunately, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. We're talking about over the next, you know, five or ten years to to completely change a whole system. Um, but we're moving in that direction. I and I'm, you know, so as much as there's all this, I mean, burnout is very real. It's every day. There's a thing called moral injury. Moral injury is where I keep saying doctors and nurse practitioners and TAs and whatnot didn't and nurses they didn't go into this job to to you know do quantity, but quality. And when they can't do that, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And that's what moral injury is. It's waking up at two in the morning wondering if you missed something or how somebody's doing because you you know you have to go through it too fast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so the answer to that is better relationships, fewer people per day, but better care. And and you know, we're headed there. Mm-hmm. It's you know, and then so that's um that's my message of hope. Yes, burnout is very real. It's alarming, and that's one of those reasons. People are, are not happy in, in their jobs and in their sense of belonging in the community and and that's why they keep they keep looking. They are that's why they're moving. But if we can make a home for them in our community and in our in Mendocino community health centers, you know, make them feel cared about, make them feel like they can do the right thing. Maybe they won't turn over so quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's where I'm, you know, that's where I'm putting my money mm-hmm. and my, my efforts. So
0: it's very, uh, yeah, uplifting and good to hear. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think there is, um, yeah, lot, lots of positive forward, forward thinking. And I mean, the model of MCHC and other mm-hmm. community health centers, um, uh, is comprehensive and sees the whole person as well. So we've mentioned this before on this program, but Mendocino Community Health Clinics, you know, uh, we offer not just medical care, but dental, behavioral health, uh, financial services. We have sliding scale. Uh, we have some specialty services as well, hoping to expand that. Um, and so it's a it's a center for the family.
1: A lot of people don't even realize where we're work way back up in the neighborhood uh people remember the 30 years ago we were the, the county medical clinic mm-hmm. we've been a you know a private not-for-profit health system that's basically devoted to this community nobody's making bucks we're not reporting to you know shareholders or some mysterious board in Santa rosa no we're, we're a very
2: local um mm-hmm.
0: and um, and the board is like for a community health center the board has to be at least 50 percent patients, patients right. from the clinic mm-hmm. um which is very smart because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what the community needs. Um, yeah. It, it's great to be part of an organization like that.
1: And and again, I I'm, I'm really encouraged by, um, you know, granted one of our, you know, our big community partners, you know, Adventist health and the high Valley hospital, but, and, and they are, a, you know, a large public organization with a corporate entity elsewhere, but, but we have local leadership that's really invested in the community and it's going to, you know, this, and it's, working to develop relationships with us, um, for example, this, this incubate initiative uh, is something that's been done elsewhere in the country, particularly in rural agricultural communities. What they did is they said, what can we, what kind of, a, how can we draw people who have nothing to do with medicine into complex healthcare entities and, and work with partnerships to make it a better place to grow a family? And so they literally use the model of, well, how do you grow crops? So it sounds funny, but our model that we're using is, is based on the, the US Department of Agriculture's soil report, which um I it's you know and it works for us because we are still a, a community of growers.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and and I'm just gonna pause and reintroduce our show. This is KZYX's Mind Body Health. My name is Casey Johnston. I'm a local pediatrician, and we're speaking with Dr. Swain, who's the chief medical officer at Mendocino Community Health Clinics and a family medicine physician.
1: So uh, the way we're talking about this, and we're working with uh, uh, people who have nothing to do with medicine in the community, as well as the organizations that provide health care here to say, hey, how can we how can we make things better for the doctors and training here? How can we provide options that are appealing to doctors for flexible careers. Some people want to work inpatient, some people want to work outpatient, some people want to do a little of both. It's hard to find that in a lot of places, but those are things that we can do to make it more appealing. How do we connect people with housing? Like in our community, the last new housing development was 24 years ago. Wow. 24 years ago. So, you know, we really have got to work on affordable housing. Uh, and that's that's market appropriate. Mm. We've got folks that are, that have insight into that. We've got you know, all kinds of community partners. But you know, we, we talk. It's funny the so the the soil report talks about maximizing living roots, maximizing soil cover, maximizing diversity, and minimizing disturbance. The way you talk about crops, but uh-huh. you can uh, you can associate this with all the things we do, whether we whether it's helping people find. Uh, Honorary grandparents to watch their kids when they're doing 12 hour shifts or overnight at the hospital Mm -hmm. because their actual families are 11 hours away. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, like I said, helping them find housing they can afford that's, you know, whether it's um, making sure the the residents get fed overnight, making sure that they have good multiple options, whether they want to work for the hospital, whether they want to work for MCHC, whether they want to work out in a private practice. Um, there's a lot of things you don't even think about. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And you mentioned, yeah, I mean, yeah, just very practical things like childcare, housing, (laughs) things like that. It it does make a big difference in getting and retaining medical providers, um, you know, doctors, nurses, you know, also, you know, medical assistants and everyone behind the scenes too, um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, childcare. care is a huge and, and having shortage. Worked,
1: having worked in rural areas before and having to recruit into them, I can tell you, one of the big places that you fail is not always with that physician or nurse practitioner or whoever candidate. Quite often, it's with their significant other.
0: Yeah, and I think that's more common too. I mean, uh, that both parents or both partners are working. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, may, maybe it was a different 56 years ago. Um, But I've heard that a lot too. It's the other, it's the significant other finding a job for them. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then finding
1: connection for Mm them. Finding, how do you, because it can be hard to break into a small rural community. Uh, You know, you can be someplace for five, 10 years Mm -hmm. and you're still the new kid. Yeah. Uh, You know, and how do you, how do you, how do you, kind of form networks when you don't know anybody and
0: you're not from here. Mm-hmm. Especially um, the last couple of years. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. things have definitely improved in terms of in-person social gatherings. But the last couple of years were particularly challenging, I think, for people to meet, um, you know, getting new providers in the area, but then having them and their significant other community and meet other people.
1: I mean, it, these things sound so simple and like they wouldn't be difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. But when you're,
1: you know, <laughs> alone in a house with, say, four kids, and your partner's busy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that you know, it's it's hard to figure out how to do those things.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, so I mean, again, none of these things are insurmountable, but you got to identify them as things that we need help with, and you got to find people. There's there may be people out there who are looking for some way to make things better in Ukiah and they just don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we, that's why we're having so I mean, we've got, we've got a, uh, we a group of more than 50 people from the community that met, um, and currently down to, it's about 19 regular members, um, and, and they're, they're looking for ways to help build these things. So if you hear about it, be a part of it. Or if you think you have something to offer, if you, if you want to um, be a part of making people feel welcome in, in our community, you know, ask.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so important to be a well. Yeah, to be welcoming and embracing of of
1: um, yeah. yeah. And then currently, uh, in, these are I'm going to throw out some names. People you may already know. Uh, Daphne McNeil is a longtime community member. She's sort of heading up as our co chairing the the incubate task force. Um, a, another newcomer, Jeremy Malin, is a nurse practitioner that works at the Venice Health. And he's a co chair. Uh, I'm also uh, involved in that, um, but we are you know, I, I, there is so much good here and there's so much good to be seen. we got to get that message to, to the people we want
0: to attract them to. So you brought up, you know, teaming up with organ, other organizations. And I see that as kind of a unique thing to a rural area, you know, in a big urban uh, place where there's 10 hospitals or more multiple academic training centers, like there's, there, there's a lot of competition actually in healthcare sometimes. And so in, you know, this area really coming together and just, and I'm not to, not to say there's like competition, but. Um, I think there doesn't have to. Yeah, there doesn't. Yeah. That's and, what I'm and, trying to say. And, and, that,
1: and that's one thing that I, I got to say that I, I really find refreshing about like the events leadership is that they're, we're coming to the table with the same idea you know we don't have competitors, we have teammates because there is enough need, there are enough people need care that we don't need to fight over who's taking care of from whom. Yeah. You know, we can figure out who does who does the best work in an area and let them have it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, recently we're taking on providing all of the obstetric and gynecology services for the area. Mm-hmm. Um, because we just we've been fortunate in the way we've been able to attract and retain. We've got we're going from two to four OB/GYNs, and and you know that's and plus we have you know uh, I think eight midwives right
0: now. Yeah, we have an incredible midwife team,
1: <laughs> and they are fantastic and they are really good people. Um, and so I think we're, we're in a we're positioned in a place, you know, because a lot of times it's it's attracting one. Person in a specialty is no good because that person's going to burn out and die. And if we've you, seen, you know, we've yes, it, so we've seen it. But if you can, <laughs> if you can build a nest full of people who can back each other up, and so that mm-hmm. they feel like they can take a vacation, they can go to a wedding, they can get out to the coast, they can do whatever, you know,
0: they're a lot more likely to stick around. And so that's, you know, plan and and it's it's challenging. I mean, sometimes it can be, you know, it's a good challenge, like you're problem solving and you have to think through challenges in medicine on your own. But overall, it's great to have a team. And, you know, if you have a challenging um, situation or a question to be able to like, I saw some I can just turn to the, you know, Mm -hmm. doctor next to me, like, what do you think of this? Or like, it's so important in healthcare to get multiple perspectives sometimes on a challenging hey, so to come together as a team rather than all these people practicing solo. And most of the time, I find that people
1: just need the peer support. They just want to talk the case out loud and mm-hmm. have you go, yeah, that's probably what I would do. Or, hey, let's look it up together. And, you know, because, you know, that's the, most of the time you're right. You just want to be reassured that you're, you know, because you really care and you don't want to get it wrong. And, you, and, and the best way to do that is to share it all out loud. Mm-hmm. uh you know and and we've been we're fortunate we're growing we've got another chiropractor coming in here shortly we have uh a pediatric nurse practitioners are just about to start mm-hmm. um we have uh, i'm i am very hopeful we're about to get an internal medicine and pediatric dual board certified doctor in the house which will be nice to help cross those lanes for us
2: mm-hmm.
1: we've got uh like i said we have we have one new OB gyn that just started another one coming in within the month uh um, we have. Uh, I can't even keep it all. I can't even keep them all in my head right now because we've. Yeah, uh, but we're which is fantastic, and it's a problem you want to have. Yeah. Um, so very excited about the opportunities.
0: And then you mentioned a little bit before. Well, uh, like the whole crop um, metaphor, you know, growing our workforce, basically, um, you know, for kind of a smaller. Uh, Town, um, there are a lot of efforts, even starting in the junior high and high school system around here. So, I just wanted to kind of mention that you know, the scrubs classes at Ukiah High School. Um, I don't know about other high schools in the area, but I, I have heard of some other like healthcare, um, uh, you know, training classes, um, which are fantastic. Like, the, you know, as a pediatrician, I meet these kids in clinic. And it's so so much fun to talk about their interest in becoming a nurse or becoming an EMT or like um, just to get that interest sprouted, you know, at a young age. And then um, Mendocino College, we're so fortunate to have that just down the road, up the (laughs) hills.
1: Well, and that's uh, I'm I'm really excited about that sort of thing, because, you know, I am a non-traditional doctor. I didn't go straight from high school to college to med school. I didn't even start med school until I was 30. uh, You know, I was a a, a licensed, effectively in the navy, what what we refer to as you know, licensed practical nurse or an EMT. Um, I I was uh, what's called a hospital Mm foreman for a long time, and that's how I got interested in medicine. Um, And so I am very much interested in growing around. Um, But I think I would like—I'm not just interested in you know the eighteen, nineteen-year-old. You know what I'd really like to attract. Is people with deep roots in this community maybe who've never worked in medicine maybe their kids are old enough to be in high school or college or off in the workforce now and they're looking for something to do you know i get that non-traditional applicant who might be willing to learn to be an ma or or maybe we help them go to school maybe we treat uh, teach them on the job Um, because think about it when you're coming to the doctor and you're already embarrassed or scared or worried Sure it's great to have a 19 year old, but wouldn't it be nice to have you know say a 50 year old grandma who's been there and done that and had the, the issues you had talking to you I, I mm-hmm. think that's very welcoming and very mm-hmm. reassuring and I would love to have that yeah so, so I would love to attract some non-traditional uh, applicants so so yeah. if, if, if you're out there listening to this, if you ever thought, hey, maybe I would like to try that. You know, let's let's talk. Let's find out what we can do.
0: And again, this is KZYX's mind, body, health, and we're talking with Dr. Swain here, and he's a chief medical officer and family medicine physician at uh, Mendocino Community Health Clinics. And we've been talking about uh, a number of different topics, and um, more recently about you know non non traditional roots into medicine. And yeah, I want to add, um, you know, as a pediatrician, I. You know, I, I, I meet families who, you know, s- some, uh, caregivers, they just, they have that intuition, um, and yeah, to get these people into, into healthcare, <laughs> you know, maybe their kid went, was born really early and spent months in the intensive care unit. And, um, you know, their parents, uh, got, uh, you know, just, um, learned everything they could and already kind of have that foundation um, and that empathy um, and that, and that compassion. And so getting, you know, yeah, come, come start the training. Like we'd love to have you. Yeah. Cause like I said, you know, it's, it's
1: just, like I said, it's, it's great to have people that are up and coming. I'm all about that, but it's also good to have people who are your neighbors taking care of you. People who have been here for 30 years, people who have, you know, understand the walk you walk every day, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're working, what you're living like, what your neighborhood's like, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: what things are available to you. It it helps to understand and how we craft the plan to care for you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, we we have a lot of nursing students come work at um, all of our clinics, I think. And just to mention, so Mendocino Community Health Clinics, we have four sites, Lakeview Clinic and Lakeport Little Lake Clinic in Willits um, and then our Dora Street Clinic and our Hillside Clinics in Ukiah. And yeah, we uh, recently, um, I worked with a nursing student and I I don't know, I don't want to guess his age, but uh, (laughs) he is going through nursing school with his grown daughter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it was, and um, through Mendocino College. And I just, Yeah, it was, it
1: was, it is awesome. And I I love that we're challenging roles. I mean, there's never been more, uh, you know, it's funny because when you say things like, uh, you know, what's a nurse look like? You know, people have these pictures, but you know what? There's never been more uh, older, non-traditional students. There's never been more men that go into it you know, and, and as a dad of daughters, yes, men can be caregivers. Mm-hmm. Some of them even do an okay job of it. Okay. But, uh, so, you know, I love, I love more opportun- more options, more opportunities,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you, you know and, and nowadays we're living long enough that you might have two or
0: three careers
1: and yeah. you're ready to do something different.
0: So speaking of, uh, diversity within a career. So, so you've, You currently have administrative roles, but then you also are practicing as a family medicine physician, which doesn't always happen, I would say, for a chief medical officer. Um, So why is that important to still continue your role as a physician?
1: Well, I mean, my, my prime patients now, right now, my main, the whole reason I exist is to take care of the staff, you know, whether that's all the way from the front desk, all the way up to our, our oldest, most senior, you know, care providers, because if I take care of the doctors and the nurses and so on, they're going to take care of the patients. Mm-hmm. And that's what drove me into this. I, you know, some people go into administration because they, they get burnt out, they get tired, they get frustrated, they want to get away from, you know, the, 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 what can be in a lot of places that grind of patient care. Um, That's not where it is for me. I I would miss it terribly if I didn't get to take care of people directly. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also know that this is something I'm passionate about. I'm still engaged in and and I know what the stresses are so I can can try to make things better. Mm -hmm. Because if your doctor is happy or your nurse practitioner is happy or your PA is happy or whoever it is, your MA is happy, that's going to come across and make you feel better in your appointment or in your hospital care. It just is what it is. You cannot get around that. It's the same as any other human endeavor. Mm-hmm. We just haven't historically done a good job of taking care of our own. So mm-hmm. that
0: is where I'm at. Well, and it helps bridge that disconnect that we were talking about at the beginning of the show between ad- administration in healthcare and direct patient care. Um, you know, if you're in an office... different part of the state or whatnot Mm -hmm. and you're making decisions where you're not actually experiencing the day-to-day you know benefits or frustrations of those decisions um it 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 can be frustrating for the people (laughs) feeling those decisions on the other end and and even if even if you can't always make the decision you want to
1: or make it as fast or whatever knowing they're understood really get hearing that they're taking into account, it makes all the difference because I know that I've been there. Um, and so that's, you know, mm. so
2: so I, I didn't directly answer your question, but I mean, I would miss it terribly. I, I mm.
1: just, I, I enjoy my relationships with patients. I, re- I do. Mm. It's yeah. just that I happen to know that this is something I can do a good service for lots of more patients than I could possibly see if I can take care of 72, people providing care for thirty thousand people, mm-hmm. I can touch a lot more patients at one time
2: mm-hmm.
0: by doing what
1: I'm doing. So that's that's where, it,
2: you know.
0: And you've been is, yeah, and you've been involved with administrative roles for a while, right? Like
1: But I've always i oh I've never I've never done anything completely only I mean they, you know administrators aren't evil bad guys uh or gals. They you know a a lot of times they simply just don't if, if they're solely yeah. have an administrative background, they just don't know mm-hmm. what it feels like. To to be in the situations that we're at, they just don't get it, and it's mm-hmm. not their fault. It's you can't you can't know what you don't know. Um, so I think that is the
0: value in
2: having people mm-hmm. with a clinical
0: background. Well, and practicing medicine now is so multi layered. So inevitably, you kind of have to be involved with some of those other players. So whether it's you know helping with developing the electronic medical record and how it's communicating um, with specialists, which pharmacies with, uh, or how to, anyway, there's just so many different, like a public health level or um, in pediatrics, you know, interactions with the schools and delivering healthcare that way too. There's just a lot of different layers. So inevitably, I feel like most providers do kind of step outside of their peer clinical role and get involved with some other part.
1: (laughs) Well, I think if we don't, if we don't have that mindset, but that's partly how we've gotten to where we are Mm -hmm. in the fee for service world is that, you know, uh, doctors and nurses
2: didn't go into administration. And so decisions
1: were made by people who are responding to, you know, only business dollars and cents as opposed to The real-world considerations of how is this sustainable? How do we keep this going in a way that we can keep doing good work,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: as opposed to what's the what's the most cost-efficient thing to do? Um, So I think again, we we've got such a good culture for that here. Yeah, Um, you know, we we are not we are not for profit. Uh, We you know anything we you know, and, and anytime we do well financially, that goes into hiring more people or building more buildings or, you know, expanding services in some way. And that's, Mm. that keeps it, that keeps it clean.
0: One example, recent example in our clinics of kind of stepping out outside of the traditional (laughs) medical provider role is, um, you know, discussing like community health workers and kind of well, I'll I'll mention his name Paul Hupp and Dr. Spindola is a family medicine doctor as well. Um, he's been working on it and 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 there's a number of other people in the clinic um, trying to look more at the the upstream factors in healthcare. You know what's making it hard to control type di- you know your diabetes or choose good food options or get exercise and and so that's pretty really exciting too. The leadership happening at MCHC um, around that.
1: Yeah, we're looking at trying to get uh, we have we have grants in place to get uh, what's called community health workers or promotoras involved. With these are people that can help get out there and meet the patients where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you make good food choices while still honoring and enjoying the the culture that you're a part of? Mm-hmm. You know, because food is so emotional and food is so cultural, and, and it's it's tied to family and it's tied to you know all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And and that is where you can make a huge difference with your diabetes that no medicine on, on the planet, no matter how expensive it is, is going to fix,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and, and that's the kind of thing that I think we're, we're, we're poised to do more and more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and that's kind of the kind of thing we talk about when, when I say value-based care, we're talking about how do you do things outside of that 10 minutes that you're with the doctor? Because mm-hmm. all the other things you're doing—whether you're eating better, whether you're walking, whether you're getting a good night's sleep, whether you're managing your stress and, and your family obligations—all of those things have so much to do with your health and your outcomes. And if we can start helping you with those, we're going to mm-hmm. do better mm-hmm. than simply trying to see you and prescribing medicine. Mm-hmm.
0: I would add in there uh, screen time.
1: Mm. Right, right. <laughs> in today's right.
0: culture and education yeah screen time in those health in those things that impact health
1: right yeah the kids don't go outside and play total street lights come on anymore
0: you know uh, yeah Yeah, I, I, uh, a kid the other day who's only seven told me he's just done with sports so mm-hmm. now oh i quit that <laughs> i play it on my computer computer now. Right. It's like, uh, oh no, that's
1: uh, so sad. Yeah, yeah. So how do we make it more welcoming? How do we make it interesting? How do we how, again those are things that's that's the same kind of problem we're talking about with the doctors. How do you create community? How do you mm-hmm. how do you how do you make it equally fun to get outside and get sweaty and make friends? Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to sitting in mm-hmm. your room on the screen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nice. Cause you got to make it, you got to make them want that. Yeah. And they don't know what it is.
0: Yeah. So i um, just reintroduce our show. This is K Z Y X is mind body health. And we're talking with Dr. Swain. Um, so we've mentioned, you know, what our, our local community is doing um, to encourage more healthcare providers here. And I just wanted to kind of mention on this, on a bigger level, how, um, medical centers and and uh are coming together to provide more telehealth medicine or insurance companies too um just because i think that would be informative for listeners to know what is available like what has come out of the last
1: few years well very recently um like this year uh, we've had a lot of things open up Um, you know things we offer uh telepsychiatry here we offer counseling uh, by telehealth here we offer some medical care I, you know you can't do everything in, in yeah. medicine yeah. nor should you want to yeah. by, by telehealth but some of it is perfectly reasonable um we have uh visits with specialists in santa rosa or san francisco uh with with things like rheumatology or endocrinology or uh, I, there there's a whole list of ologies, and i don't, I'm not remembering all of them right at the moment, yeah. but it's amazing the things have opened up recently that might keep you from having to make a trip you know yeah. hours away uh so that's you know that's been very encouraging uh, and we're we're actively pursuing uh there's been grants uh through the state um that are helping us build those programs
0: and through like partnership insurance mm-hmm. um and also through just pri- all insurances i think that like the uh, on-call nurse lines are a lot more pri- i think all insurances now have that whereas a few years ago it was only a couple
1: <laughs> right right and that, yeah and i think i think we opened that box during covid for obvious reasons and now i think it just became an expectation I and mean, it's it, there's been a dip but now it's going to come back up and that's mm-hmm. just going to be a part of the new normal
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and once we learn how to support it mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know something else that just happened recently um, I was just at a meeting yesterday with uh, the director of uh, uh, the uh, uh, dental one of the directors of the dental program down at UCSF
2: mm-hmm.
1: we're going to start having uh, uh, student dentists come up from San Francisco for, from UCSF for six weeks at a time um, boy do we need that in our community Dent- you know. Dentist, yes, for sure, and and, and and you know, so that's that's in my mind, that's pretty fancy stuff. Those are those are some highly qualified uh, folks that are could have a career anywhere, mm-hmm. but if we make them feel welcome, a place to stay while they're here, you know, take them out to lunch, you know, um, let them know that we want them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and that they won't get lost in the crowd here. Maybe they'll stay,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you because know, we we do have quite a few very hardworking dentists here. Uh, you know, and, and and we're the closest game for a lot of these folks, you know,
0: the the, the next option hours away. Yeah. This, I mean, especially for, well, for all ages, but in, in pediatrics, uh, uh, man, I just see a lot of kids who are waiting, waiting for that dental appointment and sometimes, uh, and, you know, all the dentists are working just their, their hardest, <laughs> but we need more support for sure. <laughs>
1: And, you know that's one nice thing about uh, you know being in an organization of around 300 people. We're still small enough that a lot of us
2: know each other, and have you know you can pick up the phone or walk down the hallway.
1: And you know I've I, since I've been here, I've only been here since November, and I've already heard stories like, well, uh, you know my my uh, the mom brings the kid in to pediatrics, and they identify something, they walk them over to the dental, and they got something addressed dress for them right there. Yep. Boom, done. Yep. I yep. mean, how amazing is that? You know, we, we've we had situations where somebody comes into primary care and they have an, an urgent mental health need and we get a, a warm handoff right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have folks that are being seen over at care for her, for their, you know, uh, for their pregnancy or for their woman, uh, well, woman care. And they get connected with somebody. They, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's one of the, the nice things about the small town and the small organization is you can do those things.
0: Yeah. I, I very much appreciate it as a, as a provider. Um, yeah, like you said, I can, I can, I literally, yeah, literally walk a patient down the hall, to dental, they got them in right then for that urgent, you know, that dental pain or chipped tooth or mm-hmm. whatever happened and yeah, walk them down to, um, You know, or if I'm seeing a baby and their mom, this is, this has happened a few times, you know, a new baby and the mom, you know, just went through delivery or a C-section or something and is having a medical kind of crisis in the moment, but I'm seeing the baby, but I can bring the mom over to her, her provider down the hall um, and get that, you know, instead of having them go through a phone tree, going through the ER and um, it is really good quality patient care. Um, and yeah, resourceful and, and um financially for the patient too. It's, it's oh, yeah. beneficial. No, I mean, yeah, dude,
1: that's that's one less day out of work. That's one less, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, all kinds of frustration. I'm yeah,
0: saved. Um. All right. Well, we've talked about uh, a few different things. I'm not. I think we have a little bit left time. Um. Are there any things that you wanted to cover that we didn't get?
1: Yeah, it's always tough to fill fill an hour of me talking, but uh unfortunately since we, we're we're not live today so we can't have uh, calls, but maybe we'll do that in the future. because um, that's what I'd really you know, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to know what does your audience want to know? Yeah. You know, where are they at? What are they you know, what do they not understand that, you know, It's like asking a fish about water when you ask me medical stuff. I, I don't know, I swim in it all day. What, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh so that's a little tough but
0: yeah yeah is there are there uh w- what have you missed about alaska fishing
1: <laughs> you know that's the funny thing i thought i was gonna get thrown out of the state because uh, i don't hunt or fish usually but i love to get out and hike uh, uh-huh. and i need to do more of that here i definitely want to do fewer out.
0: grizzlies here
1: this is true this is true yeah. i haven't heard of anybody being eaten by a bear since i've been here so yeah.
0: that's a good thing yeah my husband and i spent uh he's an er doctor and we did a rotation up in in Alaska um, and went down the peninsula uh, from Anchorage. And yeah, hiking and camping is very different in Alaska. Oh, well, yeah. yeah so you're, might... You have that constant fear of a grizzly.
1: <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, I, I'll tell you um, what got my attention when I first got there was was that I I hadn't, when was the last time you went to a grocery store and they didn't have automatic doors? That's not something you <laughs> think about. But I, I was like, "Well, why is that?" Well, as it turns out, if they have automatic doors, the moose will come in, and because they, they want to eat the vegetables in the produce section. So you know, things things are just different up there. Yeah. I'll tell you that. We, I don't, I don't, I doubt we've had a a moose walk in the Raley's or Safeways here.
0: No, we have we have black bears, and up in the Tahoe area, I've heard of blackberries like uh, getting in people's houses and raiding the fridges. I had a friend who <laughs> they a bear ate all the ice cream their freezer. <laughs> oh, that's um, so we've mentioned it a couple times, but uh, uh, like training training people here, we, we train nurses, um, of course, uh, medical assistants and other roles. We train a lot of other people um, and, and family medicine, resident physicians as well. And so going back to kind of team, teaming up with um, the Adventist Health System here, um that's, I think, going in a positive direction as well. We have family medicine residents uh, rotating in pediatrics so far and in the hospital with our midwife and OB team. Um, we've had some I'm like... Soon, yeah. soon we're
1: going to, uh, in the next few months, hopefully once, because uh, we've, we've got a lot of new folks in over at OB, uh, care for her. But eventually we're going to have those residents over in our OB uh, department also, which is a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so funny because some people have a funny idea about being part of a training program. They think somehow that their care is going to be less. I know. As a matter <laughs> of fact, you will get so much more attention and time. And you have typically, if you're if you are getting your say your obstetric care or or any care, and especially in a hospital, uh, when you have residents or fellows involved, um, um, you'll actually. Instead of having just one person mm-hmm. paying attention to you who might check every so often, you've got a team of people who are checking on you. You're, you're getting much more attention. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it's generally a much better. You're going to see things much quicker when you need to. Believe it or not, it, it sounds funny to say this, but it is better to have trainees because you've got more folks involved mm-hmm. and more oversight and more attention it actually is a better experience, and I and I and I'm saying that I I you know I had both of my daughters who were were born in teaching hospitals, and it was a much better
0: experience than a lot of uh, you know private for profit places. And I have to say, all you know, I the residents in the family medicine program here are, are just phenomenal, and they're just really they've been really um, nice, enthusiastic, intelligent uh, individuals. Really kind and kind earth most of. Them. Yes. Yes. Very down to earth. Um, and so it's been a pleasure for me to, to be a part of that. Um, and it, I think it also like keeps, uh, keeps me on my toes a little, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to like triple check that what I'm telling them Mm -hmm. is in fact the most (laughs) up-to-date information or, or I learn from them too, you know, maybe they see a patient I've been seeing for every couple of months for a chronic, you know, for, um, pre-diabetes or, or, you know, nutrition reasons, that sort of thing. And they give me a fresh perspective. They approach the situation differently, or they've recently learned about motivational interviewing and I get to watch them do that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good, that's yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think it's uh, unique and, and awesome that our community has a family medicine residency program.
1: The things that I always uh, appreciate about having students and residents is that they're still typically so enthusiastic. It reminds you, it freshens up your perspective, reminds you why you got into this in the first place. And and how lucky we are just to have that trust and to have that. That's a special trust and confidence for somebody to come to you for medical care. And it's easy to forget that. Mm-hmm. But boy, is it, it's gratifying when you remember and you realize, yeah, I'm lucky just to be here every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So we only have a couple more minutes. So I'm just going to reintroduce our guest and our program and just any closing thoughts. So this is KZYX's Mind Body Health program. And I'm Casey Johnston. Um, I've posted a, a few of these pre recorded shows now. And we have on Dr. Matthew Swain, who's a chief medical officer at Mendocino Community Health Clinics and a family medicine physician. Any closing words to our listeners?
1: Uh, thank you for making me feel welcome. Um, I am I'm so grateful to be here and enjoying Ukiah, uh, especially now that the sun's decided to come out. So I look forward to meeting more and more folks and maybe even seeing in
2: clinic.
0: And you'll see our wildflower show coming up. It's just starting. I'm seeing some nice. blue blue flower. I saw the first poppies yesterday. So you're going to get to see the beautiful wildflowers our Mm -hmm. medicino has to offer. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Casey. Mm -hmm. All right, that's a wrap.